the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Yes, it is. And welcome back. Tuesday, April 19th, 2022. This Washington Post expose of a Twitter account known as the Libs of TikTok has some interesting elements to it. I'm not sure most are grasping or most are grasping is the most important elements of the story. Here's what you need to know. There was an anonymous account on Twitter run under the name Libs of TikTok. All it does is show, reproduce, put up videos that others have made on their own. And those videos are almost exclusively made by woke nutcases who have been seeking mainstream credibility and been receiving it. Primarily, I'm talking about kindergarten and elementary school teachers who share on video their views on sexuality and sexualizing children, all as if it is not only a good thing, but as if it is a normal thing or should be a normal thing. The teachers are often heavily pierced, sometimes tatted. Their hair color is almost always a color unknown to the usual spectrum. And they say things that, frankly, are shocking about what they want our children to know and do when it comes to knowing about sex. They are, frankly, shocking to us. They are, as I say, however, trying to be normed by those making the videos. And for all I know, the world those weirdos live in is a normal world to them. Their bubble may be small. It may not be small. But it is very different from our bubble, which is large or was once large. Jury is still out in my mind. But what has angered the woke and the progressives is that this person, Libs of TikTok, is exposing all this stuff, giving these homemade and self-made videos a wide audience where once the audience may have just been to the selected who already agree. You know, what in Marxist-Leninist societies is known as the cadre. You don't think there are kindergarten and first grade and preschool teachers who want to talk to their students, pupils, charges about sex and even changing their sex? Well, libs of TikTok puts out the videos of just those teachers that say and justify that this is exactly what they are doing and want to do more of. Here's how Christina Pushaw summarized what Libs of TikTok did. Uh, degenerate progressives posted public videos about they have, how they have sexually explicit conversations with minors. Libs of TikTok reposted those videos. Degenerates faced professional consequences. So in, es in essence, Libs of TikTok is doing little more than what a news organization of any repute would have once done, shown the evidence in a movement that is newsworthy. But the problem is this. The progressives want to deny that any of this is taking place because they know the rest of the country is not ready for it, is not on board, does not see children yet as objects for adult sexual and gender war games. So they deny it is happening at all, just as they deny critical race theory is happening. And then what is when it is attempted to be banned or stopped, this thing that is supposedly not happening finds all kinds of left-wing and Democratic Party apparatuses to attack Republicans for trying to stop something that, to them, as they want us to know, is not happening. Got it? They deny it. We expose it. They then attack us for going after something that is not supposed to be exposed. But the thing is, it is taking place. It is real. 
I read you some of the books that are being used and deployed on this last week and the week before, and we've now seen videos and videos of teachers supporting this sort of thing. It's not that a dreamer has come along that must be slayed. It's that truth tellers have come along and they must be slayed. So the Washington Post decided it's going to expose the synonymous person behind the libs of TikTok and does so. Big story today. And in that story, we get this sentence from the paper that says democracy dies in darkness. The same paper that will never disclose ever and will hire lawyers to prevent the disclosure always of its confidential sources, even when those sources provide stolen material or are breaking the law by breaking their classified non-disclosure agreements. Yes, the Washington Post will do all that for their confidential sources and reporters, but will then turn around to out and disclose and publicize those names and people who disagree with the modern progressive current of the moment, including giving out their addresses. It's not any kind of journalistic standard as journalists used to be trained in, but we'll come back to that. It's just raw political revenge dressed up as legitimate news coverage. It's just the Washington Post being used to wage political warfare in its news sections and front pages. We should be used to it by now, but perhaps after enough examples, people will see it for what it is. Nothing that respectable, nothing more really the Washington Post now than the DNC monthly or weekly or daily newsletter. Good thing the Washington Post never raised a peep about putting reporters in danger by disclosing who they were. Oh, wait, that would be wrong. They made movies about that if Republicans could be the enemy. Any remember anyone remember the name Valerie Plame? Oh, wait, they made meals over it when Donald Trump said nothing more than the phrase fake news and claimed he was declaring they claimed he was declaring war on the media and putting journalists lives in danger for saying that. What did the author of the Washington Post story do today or try to? She included libs of, to- of TikTok's entire home and work addresses in the original Post article before it was pulled by the editors at the last moment. She did, however, include libs of TikTok's religion, and the el- editors allowed for that. It has no relevance to the story whatsoever. When's the last time you read about someone and their religion as an issue or made an issue in a story about something else when all you're trying to do is embarrass them. I only really want to share with you one sentence from this quote-unquote expose to show you the games that are being played here. And it actually has nothing to do with the main work of Libs of TikTok. It is this sentence from the Washington Post. You ready? Quote, She began doubling down on election fraud conspiracies using QAnon-related language. Close quote. Now, you'd perhaps think you'd see an example or an explanation of what the reporter at The Washington Post thinks is QAnon-related language. But no, just the charge sitting there. And what the hell does anything related language mean anyway? If someone speaks about racism, is that David Duke-related language or Martin Luther King-related language? If the Reverend Jim Jones, who, among other things, preached the gospel, were to give a sermon in, say, Jonestown, Guyana, and he speaks about Christ, would that be Billy Graham-related language? If my plumber shares my views on foreign policy, do I speak in plumber control language? This has all been very cute and handy for the left, because it knows really only one thing about QAnon, which is the only thing I know about QAnon, which is its members strongly oppose child abuse. So I suppose when the Center for Missing and Exploited Children puts out its next ad or documentary, 
The Washington Post can dismiss it as using Q anon related language. Not only is this shoddy journalism, it's not journalism. It's straight out of the worst of the fever swamps of Joe McCarthy and McCarthyism. The problem for this new generation of reporters is that while they may have learned about Joe McCarthy and McCarthyism being a bad thing, they drew the wrong lesson and were probably taught the wrong lesson. The lesson the current generation of journalists and progressives got from McCarthyism is not that the tactics were obscene, but the target was not obscene, i.e., communism was not such a bad thing, and the greater evil was silencing criticism of communism than silencing communism. As Irving Kristol put it years ago, what people knew about McCarthy and his supporters was that they were staunchly anti-communist. About the leaders of American liberalism, they knew no such thing, and with some justification, Kristol said. So the tactics of McCarthy were fine. It was the object of his tactics that was wrong to the progressives among us today. They, after all, hating Republicans and using stronger language against them than any emotion summoned or language used against American Marxists. So go right at it. Slime, slander, expose, reveal, unveil, unmask, and smear with reckless abandon so long as it is on behalf of the cause, and in this case, the progressive cause. This is why free speech is at such a discount among the left. The left doesn't care about it. They only care about their speech being free because they are entitled to it because they are the select, the enlightened. Goldfinger ethics. They don't want us to talk. They want us to die. This goes back to the theme from my monologue yesterday, opinion and principle hierarchy. Quadlicit jovi, non-licit bovi. Again, it's not journalism, nor is it democracy. It may, however, be darkness. The journalist's creed begins by saying journalism is a public trust and that all connected to it are trustees of the public, not trustees of the Democratic Party, the public. It then states accuracy and fairness are fundamental to good journalism, not partisan promulgation, accuracy and fairness. The peroration of the journalist's creed is what is so far removed from anything claiming to be journalism today that it seems at once anachronistic, superannuated, and yet still a consummation devoutly to be wished. Here it is, quote, I believe that the journalism which succeeds best and best deserves success fears God and honors man, is stoutly independent, unmoved by pride of opinion or greed of power, constructive, tolerant, but never careless, self-controlled, patient, always peaceful of its readers, excuse me, always respectful of its readers, but always unafraid, is quickly indignant at injustice, is unswayed by the appeal of privilege or the clamor of the mob, seeks to give every man a chance in his foreign law and honest wage and recognition of human brotherhood can make it so an equal chance, is profoundly patriotic while sincerely promoting international goodwill and is a journalism of humanity of and for today's world. Close quote. Patriotic. Fears God. Honors man, independent, unmoved by pride of opinion or greed of power, tolerant, self-controlled, respectful, unswayed by the appeal of privilege, based in concern for humanity. I'm not sure the folks at the Washington Post would even know how to define these terms, but they get away with what they get away with because of two reasons. One, 
They are mostly speaking for and to themselves with a desired echo chamber that can serve to evangelize, as a good Marxist-Leninist cadre would. And two, they do not care about toleration or independence or fair shakes because, again, remember, in our new world and dispensation, only the Democratic Party should constitute the public. What you have here is not journalism but intimidation from a major newspaper in the service of the state. I think the last important thing to reiterate is this, because until we absorb it, we will continue to only complain about hypocrisy, which is not sufficient enough of a vice to build a movement upon or against. The important thing to reiterate is this, and you hear me say it a lot, I know, but it's important. Vaclav Havel's statement about what Marxist regimes require. It certainly isn't anything an open society or any liberal understanding of a polity is or was up until about a decade ago, but it is this. Quote, if the main pillar of the system is living alive, then it is not surprising that the fundamental threat to it is living the truth. This is why it must be suppressed more severely than anything else. And they went on a tear to suppress the libs of TikTok today. This is why. The libs of TikTok had to be stopped for what they were doing, which was nothing more, nothing more than exposing truth with publicity of videos members of the cadre made because the progressives among us were trying to convince us it wasn't happening when it was. It was happening and it is happening. Here's a little more Vaclav Havel on this point, because remember, all the libs of TikTok did was expose and reveal the truth, which was to break the rules of what the progressives wanted only done in secret and behind closed doors. Why else sick law enforcement on parents who do little more than show up at school board meetings? Here's Havel. Quote, breaking the rules of the game has disrupted the game as such. He has exposed it as a mere game. He has shattered the world of appearances, the fundamental pillar of the system. He has upset the power structure by tearing apart what holds it together. He has demonstrated that living a lie is living a lie. He has broken through the exalted facade of the system and exposed the real base foundations of power. He has said that the emperor is naked, and because the emperor is in fact naked, something extremely dangerous has happened. By his actions, he has addressed the world. He has enabled everyone to peer behind the curtain. He has shown everyone that it is possible to live within the truth. Living within the lie can constitute the system only if it is universal. The principle must embrace and permeate everything. There are no terms whatsoever on which it can go in coexist with living within the truth and therefore everyone who steps out of line denies it in principle and threatens it in its entirety this is why we must be crushed according to the left we should learn this then never forget it and go to battle i'm seth leibson 602-508-0960 we'll be right back Welcome back to the Seth Liebson Show, 602-508-0960. The mask uh, mandate in public transportation, it's interesting. So we reported it yesterday, and it seems to be dominant in the news today. And a lot of people on social media, particularly on Twitter as I'm watching it, and a lot of them, uh, very well-known liberals and Democrats, uh, elected members of Congress, uh, Valerie Jarrett, uh, former Obama people, 
they're all saying they're going to continue to wear their masks and no government entity can tell them not to. No government entity is telling them not to. What we were opposing is government entities telling us we had to. That's what we're opposing. Do they not get this? Do they not get that they are free to do anything they want? I heard another radio show host uh, earlier today talking about if um, if uh, if he travels, he's going to carry a mask uh, with him in case someone tells him that you know he should put his on because they're compromised or their health is immunocompromised. And that that's the polite thing to do. I will not be doing that. I will not be doing that because I think Heather MacDonald is still right, that the mask is little more than a public billboard of social hysteria and panic. For me to wear a mask means one of two things to the rest of the people seeing it. It either means I'm worried about getting COVID, and I have my own reasons for not having to worry about that, or that I myself am sick with COVID and will transmit it to someone else. I'm not sick. We are not a sick society. There has been an investment in making this country come off and appear as a sick society. We are not a sick society. If you're sick, stay home. If you're sick and can't avoid it, then yeah, take whatever mitigation efforts you have to take. I don't know that getting on a train or public transportation is the most advised thing to do. But I will not be playing the game of pretending I'm sick just to soothe someone else's anxiety when I for when I happen to know that I am not sick. There is no benefit in showing yourself to be a sick person when you are not any more than there is a benefit except to the left and saying that this country is a sick country. It started in the 60s. We're on the eve of destruction. The L.A. Times had an editorial. This is a sick country. We are not a sick country. We are not always on the eve of destruction. Republicans are not fascists. There is no Republican president in my lifetime that was tyrannizing our communities the way Ilan Omar said Donald Trump was. The superlatives and the extreme language has to stop. I know we're considered the party of extremists. You listen to their language. You listen carefully to their language. It is nothing but superlative and extremist all the time. And once they wore down fascist, they brought back white supremacist. Well, we're none of that. And we're not sick either. Thank you for a brave federal judge in Florida for saying so. Thank you. I'm Seth Liebson, 602-508-0960. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Seth Liebson Show. 34 after the hour brings us our culture and economy update, which brings us the great John Dombrowski. He is the founder and president of Grand Canyon Planning Associates. His website is grandcanyonplanning.com. He also has a radio show here every Saturday morning at 7 a.m., The Word on Wealth. How are you today, John? Fantastic. How are you doing, sir? I'm doing just fine, sir. Thank you, thank you, thank you. What's the big story today? I'll tell you, I gotta, I, I, I'm, I'm kind of surprised to see that the story about Netflix cratering 25% is such a big story. 
Um, but it does seem to uh, drive uh, this story does seem to drive some problems uh, with S&P 500 and NASDAQ, right? Well, we saw some reporting today, and, and part of this is that the number of uh, users in Netflix, which is a, a sub- subscription-based, right, uh, you know, company, and uh, what we're finding is as many people are sharing that net Netflix password with other people. So why why are they uh, not, you know, uh, regulating that a little bit better? And I think that's part of what they're uh, going to try to start doing. Uh, but it, they certainly have seen a, a tremendous slowdown in their business, and that's what's really uh, hurt the company at this point. Um, but the markets on the other side of this did very well today. Yeah. So Dow added uh, almost 500 points. Yeah, Dow added yeah. almost 500 points. What does that mean right. when you add points? What does that mean? A lot of volume purchased? Well, it's just that there's more buyers than sellers yeah. on that day, right? Yeah. And uh, that's what's driving the price higher. And it was the same for the S&P 500 and the NASDAQ and also the small cap Russell stocks. And and we did see, which, which has been interesting, a lot of the uh, the NASDAQ type of stocks, which are the technology companies, uh, that's where we've been seeing a lot of uh, challenges for the NASDAQ. And that's because, as we talked about this over time, a lot of the tech companies, they're in, in a growth mode and they're constantly looking at ways to grow their business. And by doing that, they're borrowing money. And so as interest rates rise, that's uh, raising the cost of money to these companies, which is uh, certainly going to hit the bottom line a little bit. And that's where we're starting to see some of these higher-valuated, the value companies uh, losing some of their value. But we did see a little bit of a a reversal today on that. I don't know why I'm tongue-tied today. Uh, And that has certainly uh, maybe giving us a little bit of hope that, Maybe investors are seeing some real value in some of these companies at this point. One of the things I'd, um, I'm going to be on the lookout for, maybe you can join me on this going forward uh, a little bit, John, is my my theory about Netflix isn't just that the password sharing is a problem. I'm interested to see if a lot of these content providers that uh, have stock, Twitter would be one, Netflix if they're woke Disney. politics, yep. I'm just sure. wondering if they're woke. I have, you know, I have a subscription to Netflix. I can't turn it on just to scan without seeing Obama all over the place. Yeah. Uh, I was noting yesterday they have this Marxist professor, Ibram Kendi, doing a lot of work for them. And I'm just wondering if when they put all their eggs in a certain progressive or woke or any political basket, if they're not you know, at a certain point going to run that ticket out, you know, maybe two years ago that made sense. It may not make sense given the culture and politics today. They may be, these companies may be too political. Working thesis, can't prove it. We'll see. Something we could watch. Well, but I mean, I think if you've seen a similar thing, as I just mentioned with Disney also, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. uh, where you're starting to see some of the uh, people that are saying that's it yeah. i'm not not going to be going to disneyland anymore yeah. this is this is the way they're going to be uh you know pushing politics uh at their their theme parks so yeah we all want um fairness you know around the world as, as far as that goes yeah, everyone needs sure. to be treated equally sure. uh but when we start to see some of the political uh stands that some of these corporations are taking uh, there's two sides, right? And, yeah, no, uh, that I think that's can make right. A choice. No, I people think can that's right. Yeah, I think that's right. And cancellations and boycotts have always been hard 
to make a dent. I mean, I know in our movement, my movement, uh, we've been calling on these things for years against uh, corporations. They don't tend to make much of a dent. That may be changing. The other side of that coin might be interesting to watch, too. We're seeing this with social media. That is to say, supporting other and new enterprises and companies that, you know, crop up to answer that. That may be a better project for conservatives or conservatives well, with yeah. investment money around. You it see might be. Elon Musk, right, yeah. who's, uh, yeah. you know, yeah. battling back and forth you with bet. Twitter right now. Yeah. And that's exactly what you're talking about is is there could could be some other – companies out there that might decide, hey, we're going to take a different uh, stand to this and we're going to fight it. Yeah, it's uh, not about I cursing the dark, but shining a light, you know, lighting a yeah. candle maybe. Yeah. yeah. I think you'd be surprised at the number of people out there that would probably applaud that and uh, be on board with it. I think you're right, John. Thank you, sir. You bet. Securities and advisory services offered to Client One Securities LLC, a member of FinRen Sipic and an investment advisor. Grant Canyon, plenty of associates LLC and Client One Securities LLC are not affiliated. Talk tomorrow, Seth. Bless you, John. I'm Seth Leibson, 602-508-0960. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Seth Leibson Show, 602-508-0960. Got uh, Richard Grinnell coming up at the top of the next hour, former director of national intelligence for Donald Trump, uh, one of the, uh, I think, leaders of the Republican Party and the conservative mu- movement, one of the great um, great intellects and uh, great public servants, great statesmen, really. Everyone, by the way, likes to, the press loves to promote the fact that Pete Buttigieg is the first uh, homosexual cabinet member. It's just not true. It's just not true. Live not by lies, folks, please. Rob is in surprise. Hello, Rob. Oh, hi, Seth. Sorry for the background noise. We got airplanes flying into Luke. Um, When you were talking in the monologue about uh, the news and the newspapers, I I hearken back to uh, what differences there may or may not be between our uh, Washington Post and New York Times and all of the other big city newspapers, and and papers like uh, Pravda, Vestia, and I I, uh, I I I'm not sure I find a whole lot of difference. And I also look back, uh, you know, back in 1948 when Israel was brand new, and Egypt kept trying to attack them, and the Israelis uh, were pushing them back and winning great victories. The Egyptian press would lie and say, you know, the Egyptians are winning great victories right, right. over the Israelis. So, right. You know, we saw this with Baghdad of, Bob. Same kind of concept, except in print rather than on exactly. camera. Right. Mm-hmm. Well, exactly. And in, in none of those cases do you really find the truth. Right. Um, and and it, it, just, it just bothers me that, you know, even though the times change, things still remain the same, more or less. Um, and I'm just, you know, what, you know what's interesting to... about that, Rob, what you, one of the things that's interesting about that is, uh, I, I don't think they've done it in a while, but I remember circa 2002, uh, there was a big study on freedom of speech, freedom of press in the world and the level of freedom that attaches to humans as a result of also there being a free press the middle east was right. one, the middle east was one of the darkest places when it came to freedom of the press according to this un report trafficking in so much misinformation so much vile um uh, prejudice 
against, uh, you know, against uh, Western regimes, against non-Muslim nations, against non-Muslim observers of other religions. Oh, yeah. And it, there was this interesting connection between, you know, freedom of press and the discount of truth. And the level of conspiracy theory that existed and still exists in many of these countries from Saudi Arabia and around all the way still to Egypt is sky high. And that's one of the worries I have about our um, stinting and curtailment of freedom of speech here is we have now become used to a lot of conspiracy theories. And I think it's going to get worse. I don't. I, I didn't mean to hijack your point there. I just I when you think about the Soviet Union, when you think about these closed societies based on uh, fundamentalism and paranoia, um, you could see how it can happen here. You can see how it can happen oh, yeah. here. And it is happening here. It is. And and not only in the, in the newspapers, but also in the social media. Yep. World, yep. And Twitter and. Facebook and, uh, and uh, some of these other places. Um, and, and that's really scary to me. Um, the other point I just really wanted to make real quick was, you know, I know uh, we've got a gubernatorial election coming up, and we've got, I know, Karen Taylor Robeson, Steve Gaynor, and they're all pro-secure uh, the border. And uh, and there's probably others, Carrie Lake, I, I think she does too. But um, And there's a bunch of other people that may be in the same ilk but i just kind of wonder what is it that doug ducey's doing to secure the border because he's still the governor and nobody talks about that yeah right well here's here's the way to deal here's the way to understand it i think i think the best way to understand it is to take a look at these candidates websites they all have border security plans i think karen's is the most comprehensive that's my preference but yep. you know she's my preference yep. as well but anyone can do yep. their own research and just compare and contrast to what's going on right now compare and contrast the the the, the point is we, we we can do much better um and and i'll tell you something too rob and i don't know if this resonates much but it's an unfortunate thing that this has to be a campaign issue. It's an unfortunate thing that it has to be a campaign issue for a governor's race. This is an abdication and an abnegation of federal responsibility. You may remember what about 12 or so years ago we tried to do something about it here, SB 1070. A lot of it was stricken down, struck down, not all of it, but a lot of it was struck down. Because the feds claimed that the states were engaging in, uh, in in an area of law that the federal scheme had preempted them from so doing. But, you know, it's a funny thing that doesn't run the other way. We cannot compel legally compel the federal government to do their job when they have the discretion not to. And so it does now fall on the governors and it falls on some. Uh, governors to engage in creative thinking or candidates for governor. Uh, Greg Abbott is engaging in some creative thinking. Uh, really, when we're talking about border states and we're talking about governors doing things, we're going to probably almost exclusively be talking about Texas and Arizona because of two reasons. One is that's where most of the problem is coming from when it comes to our border, those two states. The other is we actually have um, red states or at least Republican governors who take it more seriously than Democratic governors would. Um, but, yeah, just compare and contrast their uh, their plans with what's taking place now and know 
that it's an unfortunate situation that it has to fall on the governors to do this because we're talking about protecting our entire country. We're talking about, you know, stopping illegal immigration, which carries with it, yes, obviously people coming here for some right reasons and all the right reasons in some cases, if you prefer it that way. But it also includes sex trafficking. It also includes uh, child trafficking and it includes drug trafficking, which is killing Americans. Drug trafficking is killing Americans. It is now the leading cause of death. Fentanyl overdoses are now the leading co- opioid overdoses are now the leading cause of death for men aged uh, for men aged uh, basically thirty five to fifty. Think about that for a moment. Worse than suicide, auto accidents, and COVID combined. Combined. This isn't an Arizona issue. This is a national issue. It's really an international issue. It's something the president should be laser focused on. And I'm tired, frankly tired, of hearing when we go into public transportations or bus stops or airplanes, whatever. You know, I'm tired of hearing about all the things we have to be worried about. And we're not talking about the biggest thing we have to be worried about. 100,000 Americans died from this problem last year. Never seen that number before, ever. It's going to be higher next year until the president of the United States does something about it. And, yeah, God bless the governors that are trying. I'm hoping the federal government doesn't strike them down again because for some reason the federal government is following this Leninist view that the worse the better. I guess if you don't think America is a great place, you have no problem presiding over its destruction. Speaking of fruit of another, Balance of Nature, sponsor of this show, balanceofnature.com. There are fruits and veggies, a blend of 16 whole fruits and 15 whole veggies, the equivalent of 10 servings of fruits and veggies in a single daily dose. 100% natural using vine-ripened produce, third-party tested for bacteria, pesticides, heavy metals, you name it. 100% natural, gluten-free, non-GMO, no added vitamins, chemicals, sweeteners, or anything. Thing. Just fruits and veggies. One daily dose from Balance of Nature. Take a look at them. And if you decide to buy them, make sure to use discount code BALANCE. Also, if you decide to buy them, you'll be glad you did. As everyone I have talked to that has done so based on my talking about it has thanked me for them as well. I wish I made them. I don't. But I take them every single day. Day. Oh, here's another element uh, based on what Rob was talking about. You know, this this was in a column uh, in the Wall Street Journal from Gerard Baker when I was talking about how we are warned about all the wrong things, how, as C.S. Lewis said, we seem to be um, running for the fire hoses when there's a flood. Um, for the millions of people who dared to ride the city's subway in New York this year, Gerard Baker writes, the greatest danger to life wasn't some escaped molecule of a virus of rapid diminishing potency as everyone was going that's what the signs are about folks you go to, it's all about the masks and the and 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 covid but that risk was dwarfed dwarfed by the combined threat of being pushed in front of an oncoming train stabbed hit in the head by a psycho with a hammer robbed at gunpoint or being sexually harassed the number of robberies on the subway in new york city This year, just this year, and we're not even halfway through it yet, is up 72% from last year. You think crime isn't a problem? Crime is a problem. 
and shame on the government that's warning us about all the wrong things. You have the Secretary of Homeland Security, the Department of Homeland Security, talking about the biggest issue in this country being white racism. It's not even close. It's not even close. And you're just now beginning to, just now beginning to see stories that um, there is a massive, here's a headline from yesterday, massive increase in black Americans murdered resultant of the defund the police movement. By the way, they were not killed by white supremacists. Not killed by white supremacists. It's hard to find that in these stories, but it's there. No, we need forces of cohesion in this country. We need forces of composition in this country. The cultural left has brought us one furious gale force wind of a force of decomposition. Our work as conservatives trying to put this thing back together, this thing being this project, is to be a force of composition. Rick Grinnell coming right up. I'm Seth Liebson. We'll be right back. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com. 